This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share His love. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're here back in the studio. Episode 35, Radiant Reflections Podcast. 35. Josh, it seems like we were just sitting in Ryan's office. Excuse me. Asking permission to start the podcast again. Yes. And it's 35 35. Weeks. And dude, yeah. I still say, this is a blast. It is. Every it's week. It's so this fun. Is, uh, this yes. is, uh, really is one of the, the top highlights of my week. Uh, yeah. Every week. So Good so stuff. I'm, I'm glad to have you back yeah. in town. Although, dude, we're going to have, we've got a timer now. We do. Because, so last week, you I, don't didn't know have if you, I don't know if you saw it, we didn't have a timer. So LaBarba and I, we're just like chatting. Just going for it. Dude, hour and a half. I, hour and a half. I saw it. I, saw it. I thought. I was he, trying to upload the the video to Haley. And I, she's like, is it up there? I said, like, it says it's syncing. I said, it's like 50 gigs. Because you shot 4K. Because I shot yeah, yeah, 4K. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's like, oh, like that could that could take a minute. <clears throat> that oh. could take a minute to, to upload. Yes. Um, yeah. So. But it did, and yeah, hour and a half. It was great. You guys was, did a great um, job. Um, the recording sounded good, looked good. You know, I, even even the the chaos. He had a child, someone's child. Dude, well, I I know whose child. I'm not gonna say who. We won't say. I'm not gonna say whose. <laughs> it was actually awesome. Like you couldn't see it on screen, but like the older child, I think was physically dragging the younger child because because the 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 younger one. Escape from the play area. Okay, <clears throat> man, I was just ba- yesterday singing and you get a frog talking. I'm like, I got no voice left. So the younger child, I think, escaped from the play area into the lobby, and the older child was like physically dragging the child back into the play area, and the little kid did not want to be drugged. Mom did not let us out here. So, Come on, let's go. <laughs> That's hilarious. So yeah, that was that was good. It yeah. was good. It was Raw good to hear. Uh, Josh uh, talk about, you know, just just his own life experiences. Mm. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, listeners, viewers, if you haven't seen episode 34, get back and check it out. Uh, it was a really good episode. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. had a couple of bunny trails, but but yeah, sure. overall, I think we it sure. was it was a good conversation. Good conversation. Always a good time with LaBarba. So. Yeah. He's a good dude uh, seeking after the Lord. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Yes, he is. Well, so, uh, you're back and you were telling me before we started yeah. recording this, is this the exact same coffee? This is that one of brewed down one in? of four varieties that we brewed. Okay. So uh, I was in New Orleans last week working. Uh, Chad Bennett, our tech director, went with me. Good friend. Woo woo for Chad. Yep, Chad's a good dude. Uh, who takes vacation days, right? And drives sixteen hours to serve coffee on their feet for twelve hours straight. I mean, what a good person. All right. Love that guy. So I contacted a roaster down there. I was there. I was down there for the Southern Baptist Convention, SBC. So <laughs> if you saw any of that news, uh, it was quite a quite some chaos. But at any rate, I called a week before uh, to a local roaster. Interestingly oh. enough, we're in. We stayed downtown in the metro area of, of New Orleans. The roaster ended up being literally across the street from the apartment oh. building. We were like right across the street. 
walked across the street, like not even an eighth of a mile, like literally across the street. The roaster was called Mammoth uh, Coffee Roasters. They were a third wave shop. And they're, uh, they're based out of based in New, New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah. And there were several other third wave shops because it's a big city. Um, but yeah, I ordered, let me think here. Was it five or six kilos, five kilos of coffee. So they come in 2.2 pound bags. I had one blend. I had two Colombians and then one uh, Ethiopian. This happens to be one of the Colombians. Okay. Okay. So I was gonna, I was going to guess this wasn't an Ethiopian. It's you not, are correct. It's not. It's not fruity. So I've been sipping this a little bit. You are correct. Uh, so the producers are D- Didier Javier P- Pajoy and Christian Pajoy, and this is a Colombian Labanda Rebelde. Cool. The region is La Plata Huela, <clears throat> and the variety is Catura and Colombia. It's a washed process, seventeen hundred and fifty meters altitude grown. What are you tasting, Josh? So my my initial thoughts are. Overall, it's kind of, it's nutty. I'm going to say, and you can make fun of me, I'm going to say dark chocolate and candied almond. Okay. Candied almonds. Like, so here's how they're describing. This is sweet and comforting is one of, one of the things they're saying. Comforting. I, sweet I get and comforting. that. I, it's not as sweet. I didn't, I don't think though. Yeah. Like, I mean, a little bit. That's where that candy, that's what it's not. I didn't want to say just almond. You're not far. You're not far. Candied almond nectarine okay and raspberry jam raspberry jam huh. yeah when you take uh, once you know what raspberries there you can as soon as you say it this is where it's like that weird power of suggest whatever because you mm. you know when you eat a raspberry or you have something that's raspberry flavor yeah it has like a there's a certain aftertaste yes and this acidic this has that yeah there's an acid like it's good it's, it's like good a, coffee it's a different texture than yep. what we normally have. I will tell you the I had Chad and I had two Colombians that we brewed. Uh, the other Colombian, we brewed it all in one day, one whole kilo. It was spectacular, unbelievably good coffee. Really, really good. This is good. This is good. But this this other Colombian, and we both we have we both have a, each a bag of the Ethiopian because we didn't even brew that. I froze that. Um, so we'll be drinking that in the future as well. But nice. Mammoth Roasters out of New Orleans, I would I would totally get more coffee from Is that. Is that the roast date? Just roasted on It was June roasted 6th? on the 6th. Oh, man. So that's yeah, like... so it was roasted on the 6th, and we brewed it uh, the 12th, the 13th, and the 14th. So last Monday, huh. Tuesday, and Wednesday. Well, Javier and Christian. Did I say it? Didier. Didier, Javier. Didier. Yeah. Huh. Pajoy. I'm Pajoy? guessing they're brothers. Now I think in Spanish the J's are H's. Javier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but so like it'd be Pajoy, wouldn't it? Pa- oh, pa- maybe so. I don't know. But we good coffee. Spanish. I cut no. this off the front of the off of the front of the bag. It was really good. No, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a tasty cup of coffee. Yeah, we had a lot yeah. of great contacts when we were there. Um, it was it was a good it was a good experience. If you think about it, listeners or viewers. If you know any Southern Baptist folks, just pray for them. Uh, there's a lot of of struggle right now in that move, movement. I, I think, in terms of mission work and church planning, there really isn't an organization on earth as good at it mm-hmm. as the Southern Baptist Convention. They they plant churches like crazy, and they uh, have huge 
mission. NAMB comes out of Southern Baptist, mm. which is a massive mission board. Uh, so they do that really well, but yeah, they're having a lot of issues right now, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you see over time, some denominations, like there are issues that they have some disagreement on, mm -hmm. which I mean, the beauty is, right. I mean, they create a space for mm -hmm. multiple voices to be heard. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's weird to be a spectator <laughs> it was yeah. so strange it was so such a strange thing you know coming from a wesleyan church you know being fully egalitarian in our discipline i i'm not personally fully egalitarian in my discipline <laughs> i would consider myself a soft complementarian or a soft egalitarian in the middle which uh, we've talked about that was a lot of episodes ago mm -hmm. we talked about that yeah but uh, Southern Baptists are hard complementarians, which is where I came from. So unpack that for those that are yeah, like, yeah. What complementarians. Uh, complementarian theology would would be that, like the scriptures say in of Eve that she was created to complement or to assist or uh, to basically be the other half of Adam, and that the headship of the home and church leadership should be exclusively male exclusively male so uh southern baptists would have directors and ministers that are females but they wouldn't use the term pastor because they equate the word pastor a pastor is a synonym of the word elder in the scriptures from from timothy which i see these if you read scripture it's there um so they they and and they say that an elder cannot be a female so therefore she cannot be a pastor right? this is the stance of the sbc the sbc yeah, yeah. Uh, a hard that's a hard complementarian uh, egalitarian theology is, is what Wesleyan uh, discipline is which is a female can hold any position at all in the church lead pastor teaching pastor well our 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 general superintendent for mm -hmm. eight years was Joanne Lyons so we had a female yes. job, which is like the top the top, top. position in uh, the Wesleyan yep. church and yep. now it's Wayne Schmidt yeah yeah yep. so and and our our district superintendent Chris Conrad Dr. Chris Conrad he has vision to see much more uh, female involvement in ordination as well as lead pastor which I believe if I remember correctly I think the Wesleyan denomination was the first denomination to ordain a woman the very first I think at least in recent the very first history or whatever yeah so, yeah. yeah so the big the big controversy with the SBC was that uh, Rick Warren Saddleback Church oh which again who is a Southern Baptist or purpose driven life yeah. I mean Rick Warren has put yeah. out yeah. loads of content. He's got like four decades of ministry experience. Yes. Like yes. reading Saddleback. And, he know. transitioned the church to a new person. And this new person, uh, they they have always had pastors um, on staff that were female. But they were a little bit more vocal about that. The SBC disaffiliated them. Uh, Rick Warren came to the SBC in New Orleans to contend for his reasoning behind mm -hmm. and the church's reasoning for reinstatement. Now, it was obvious to most people, you know, Rick Warren is trying to be a part of an organization that has a practice and discipline that he doesn't agree with. So the question for most Baptists was, why do you even want to be a part of an organization that you don't see eye to eye with, which I get. But it was, I think it was plain to me and others that were there. The reason why is Rick, Rick was wanting to see reform. Mm. He wants to see uh, reform in the Baptist movement towards a more maybe not a completely egalitarian but a more uh egalitarian uh, way of approaching church leadership mm. 
Um, and he was one of five churches that were permanently expelled. He was actually speaking at the SBC and they cut off his mic while he's trying to explain. Wow. It got really yucky, guys. I mean, it really did. And I had so many young pastors, particularly young pastors, you know, because I made this joke all week. I made this joke all week. You're going to love this, Josh. <laughs> so I have this big banner that sits behind my table when I'm talking with people. And I told the guys, because it had coffee stuff and stuff about podcasts on it. And I say to, I say, well, this, this uh, one is better than what I was thinking. Because what I was going to say was I was going to have a, a, a one that says, Baptist bros, we're here to keep your women in line. <laughs> So a bunch of guys laugh like that, but then there were some like, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I should uh, laugh at that. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> so, but there was a lot of younger pastors that came to the the booth to talk with Chad and I, you know, and we, you know, we made all kinds of jokes, you know, and, and explained to them, we, we believe in female pastors. <laughs> um, and it was cool because a lot of, a lot of people are sensing at least not a shift completely towards egalitarian theology, but somewhat. Mm. And so it was cool to see God speaking to some of these guys, uh, particularly younger guys, made some great friends, made a lot of coffee. It was a great trip. I ate a pound of crawfish. Josh. That, so that Josh, I ate a pound of them and I ate something else. I'll tell you after you process that. I just, I can't do it. But I mean, I don't, I'm not a huge seafood guy. Like I, yeah. I love like, give me some salmon, give me some white fish, anything like yeah. that. Like I'm, I'm game. Yeah. But like the crawfish, I'm not a big fan of lobster. Like I think it's like, they just look so gnarly. Like, like bugs. Yeah. Yeah. Bugs but, of like, the I, sea. I don't know that I could bring myself to do it. Well, let me tell you a story, Josh. <laughs> so I get a seafood boil. And it's this whatever, New Orleans, and I get crawfish, I get lobster, I get shrimp, and I get blue crab. So I eat all of the other stuff. And I think I even had uh, some andouille sausage in there, which is kind of... Which is, that's good. Yeah, gumbo, yeah. kind of whatever. So I get to the blue crabs. They're at the very end. And they're kind of like this disc-looking thing like this. You know, I've never eaten these before, but they got a crack thing, like a nutcracker thing. No, do you just eat the legs? Is that how... Well, maybe. <laughs> so... <laughs> The dude that was helping us is walking around and, and doing whatever. I have never eaten these things in my life. So I start cracking them open and I just see various little things that look like white flesh, right? Like the meat of the blue crab. So I just start eating, eating stuff out of the crab. Okay. So the guy comes back. I'm going to try not to throw up here. I don't know. <laughs> so the guy comes back and I tell him, I'm like, hey, I really, I had like a couple more of these things left. It's like, I really don't know how to crack these open. I, and I showed him, I was like, you know, I cracked the, the, the bottom side over here and I ate the, the meat right here. He said, you what? You ate that? I said, yeah, I ate all that. He said, you ate the lungs. <laughs> you ate the lungs of the blue crab. And he says to me, you're not supposed to eat those. He says, it's going to make you sick. So I'm like, are you serious right now? Are you serious right now? I evidently ate. Oh, Siri's trying to cancel. Oh, because you said yes. seriously. <laughs> uh, so I ate these these blue crab lungs, and they tasted kind of rubbery and sort of like a water chestnut texture. They okay. didn't taste great. Uh, I never got sick at all. Didn't bother me at all. I, th I think I could eat rocks and nails, and I'd be fine. But eventually, you get to the middle of these things, and there's the eggs. If it's a it's a a mother crab. Okay. He told me I could eat those. I did not eat those. Then there's basically like, I don't know, about the size of this AirPod case of meat in the middle of this giant thing. 
whoever thought of cracking this thing open and trying to do all the work that it takes to get this much meat out of this it this is why i don't eat lobster bro well lobster's easy lobster no but still simple. like you dude i, I was in I blue visited. crabs is a trick they're tricking you with that stuff but I mean, and how big are the legs on a blue? Because they're smaller than a pencil. I didn't even oh, bother with the legs. I didn't even mess with that. Like it was a total joke. The lobster was phenomenal. The shrimp was phenomenal. Crawfish were pretty good. They were actually pretty good. So how do you eat a crawfish? Crawfish. So you 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 just grab because they come whole, and you that's pull. The, that's the part that messes with yeah, me. Yeah, you I just think. pull that thing out, and then you just peel the tail off, and you eat the tail. They're like baby. They're only this big, about the size of your thumb. It's like a baby lobster, is what it is like i don't know that's just it was a little game you're tasting i will tell you but yeah, yeah well probably they're like hey let's go dig in the mud pull out something pam, to eat. Like, if pam were listening she'll make fun of me when i say these words but pro tip here guys just abandon and don't even mess with the blue crabs you may eat the lungs whatever <laughs> chad's google and stuff like wondering if i'm going to be sick and die from eating the lungs is this like the puffer fish or something where like if it's not prepared right like yeah, you, you die like i had right no idea now, i had no thing. idea you know so uh, but that was my adventure. But we ate a bunch of barbecue as well. Lots of barbecue. Okay. Yeah. So uh, in the comments on YouTube, if you're watching, uh, what's the weirdest thing you've eaten? Like that's over. That's the in, weirdest in, thing in, I've in eaten. In the course of your life. I think I, this is, this will sound like, this will probably sound more redneck than weird, but like the I, probably the yeah, most odd thing that I had was a rack of raccoon ribs. Whoa. So they're itty bitty, dude. That raccoon was game, gamey tasty. Yeah. So- so where I used to live, like we used to live out in the country, a uh, little place called Burnips that nobody's ever heard of. Um, and there was a, the Catholic church would do every year, they would do this game dinner. It was a fundraiser. Okay. And so whatever game hunters brought in, they served that. I know Nicole went several years, you know, before we got married, she said one year they had turtle soup. They had like sure. all, all this stuff. Sure. Sure. So I went out, I mean, you had, you get squirrel, you get you know tons of venison wild rabbit what yeah rabbit um but they they had this crock pot of raccoon and it was they had so like racks of raccoon ribs so you get like this rack of raccoon ribs which is like (laughs) this big and you're just nibbling that that little bugger it you know it was gamey Mm -hmm. but not venison taste not ah i don't know that i would say it's like venison a little bit different of a texture. Not a fan of venison, but oh, see, I I, I like venison. I like too. it if it's in chili or something like that. Backstrap, dude, you just yeah. like thin slice some backstrap, like flash fry that, and mm. oh, it's it's really good. Chad ate alligator. Was it? Did he, he like had, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said it was good. Yeah, alligator bites. Huh. Mm-hmm. What's he a, would not eat any of the the blue crab with me though. I tried to get him to eat a crawfish. He wouldn't eat that either. See, good Chad. Smart you know, guy. You know what's up. You know what's up. <laughs> I imagine a gator's got more of like a a meaty texture i asked him does it taste like chicken he's like yeah so it's like a like a chickeny day so well and that's most i think i think a lot of it's a texture thing yes like scallops like if scallops Mm. aren't done right Mm. like it's it's like just chewing on a bouncy ball yes and that's and that's 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 true not fun but when they're done right oh my god i mean if i've had i've had scallops that have been done right yeah Uh, but that's more rare and especially if you wrap them in bacon Oh yeah, that's good too. Because if you wrap anything in bacon, I agree with you. It's it's a little bit. I better. travel with bacon. You yeah. you do. I do. Like, I, <laughs> I took five which, pounds of bacon which with messed, me. Messed messed with the people at the airport the last time we flew. It out. did. They saw my giant bag of so. bacon and <laughs> yeah. Any rate, but it was good. So yeah, 
throw in the comments what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten maybe it was in some foreign country maybe it was here in the states whatever i predict that frank is going to win this competition frank holton okay here's what here's what i think is going to happen frank is going to hear this he's going to go out and try to find the weirdest thing possible to eat then eat it and then comment on it because frank is the kind of guy who steps up to a challenge (laughs) be be safe frank (laughs) don't anything uh that could hurt you like uh blue crab lungs yeah or puffer fish or yeah yeah mushrooms that are yeah don't uh, don't, we do have the death caps in indiana i think like i don't i'm not like i don't mind mushrooms but i'm not like a i'm not gonna go out and like hunt for mushrooms oh the morels they're so so our death caps is that I mean, do they call it that because it's yeah. super poisonous? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, like it'll it's, kill you. Yeah, it's toxic if you okay. get enough of them. I think. I, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't eat those. No. Nope, no. Nope. And the good thing about morels is like they there's nothing poisonous that even remotely looks like a morel. You cannot confuse a morel with anything that could hurt you. They look so different than like the capped kind of mushroom. It sucked to be like the guy that finds out. Oh, you know what? This is a mushroom that you can't eat. Nope. And then you hope that like everyone paid attention. Like, okay, what did yes. Charlie just eat? Because yeah. he just died. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, stay away from those. Let's not do it. Yes. Here, here's your bowl of stew. <laughs> Can you taste test this for us? <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, we, probably the average length of time that we spent yeah, talking about. Yeah, not too bad. Non-spiritual <laughs> things. Well, but no, the, we hit on spiritual things. We talked about SBC. complementarianism. Yeah, and yeah, we did. We did. But that had nothing to do with the message yesterday, Josh. Uh, you, but you were in Mark chapter four. Yes. Uh, the parable of the sower. Yes. Um, great message. Josh, I was going to text you again. I'm just going to say it here on the podcast. One of, one of the things I like the most about when you teach the Bible, uh, you bring so much scripture. So much scripture, many witnesses backing up the mm-hmm. points that you're making that are just like, this is irrefutable. Like what I'm what I'm learning is rooted and grounded in the word of God. It's not just a cherry picked single verse that, you know, is you're making a point. Mm-hmm. You're you're chopping through and really, really teaching. So uh good on you, man. Oh. Well thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. But uh I took several notes. I got them sideways within our our uh notepads here, which I would tell you to continue to pick these up. Um, but you asked some interesting questions. The title of the message was "How's Your Soil." We know the parable of the sower, um, and, and maybe we'll read that. But there were several things that uh, stood out to me. But I think where we maybe want to to focus, Josh, is, and maybe you want have other things to focus on, the difference between the good and the bad soil. So when you're asking how's your soil, mm-hmm. you're asking a constitution question. Yeah, what well, are you and, made it, of? and it gets into that 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 list of those characteristics that we see of the good soil. Again, mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember if I said it in second service, but in first service, you know, I reference Pastor Brandon has said this. From, I think he taught on this, I don't know, a year ago or so, and he talks mm-hmm. about the idea that like the seed is always good. Yeah. So it's 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 not a matter of oh we got like a bad batch of seed. Right. So if there's if there's not growth, it's a it's a soil issue. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just looking at the, the the quality of that. So yeah, you could go to the the constitution. Mm-hmm. aspect yeah what are you made but, of yeah 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 i thought was some of the things that really uh stood out to me the quality of the soil determines how the word is received mm-hmm. you know you're talking about that seed always being good the seed is never bad but the way that we are 
or sort of shaped and, and formed determines how that word is going to take play, you know, take root. Yeah. And the, and the hard part with that is it's this, it's in that tension point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I joked about it a little bit, <laughs> joked about it a little bit, but, um, it's that tension point between how much of it is up to us mm-hmm. and how much of it isn't. Love it. Uh, so, so that yeah. that's hard. That was one of the struggles in mm-hmm. in preparing the message because it's it's uh, you're like okay, well, how much of this depends on me and how much of it depends on God. Right. I really wrestled with, and I you know it, um, I had three different people kind of challenge me lovingly. Uh-huh. independent of one another with this i really struggled with this message because i i like application mm-hmm. in the last two weeks that i've taught i feel like it's there's not application and that drives me crazy more open-ended like like mm-hmm. tell me what to do you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i haven't done that so for those of you that are application-minded uh, I'm sorry that the last two weeks haven't been that. Why do you think that is? Why do I don't? Well, so the the thing that I was challenged with three separate times, particularly with, with this week's message, was they they said, "Well, that's that's Holy Spirit's job. Holy Spirit, well, you know, you ask the question, and Holy Spirit will give them the application." I'm like, "Me? Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. yeah." Which I mean, I was like, I was like, that seems that feels like a cop out. <laughs> 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 Uh, I'm definitely more on the same persuasion of an application kind of thing. Uh, But it was more, so you're saying it was more identifying. Well, I mean, it was, it was, it's kind of that reflection of, of, of looking at, you know, the the Mm self-examination of, Hey, am I receptive to the word? Mm -hmm. Uh, Is, is my life bearing fruit? Mm -hmm. Cause if it's not, I mean, I, I feel like scripture is pretty clear about that. Like if there's no fruit, well, you you took us to Matthew, uh, where it yeah, talks Matthew about a good seven. tree yep. and a bad tree not bearing fruit. But that was another thing that that stood out to me. The gospel has this double meaning. You know, the gospel uh, is life to some; it's death to others. Mm-hmm. There's a veil and a spiritual blindness yep. uh, to the to the to the others. And you identified two groups. You you identified insiders and outsiders. What made you pick that language? Well, so some of it, uh, my. My normal, I, my preferred translation of scripture, <laughs> and and people bust my chops for this. When I say people, I mean Ryan and Kinsey. Uh, <laughs> I like the New Living Translation. Okay, and I think that's the language. So when I'm when I'm reading scripture, mm-hmm. just kind of on my own, that's my go-to. It comes to you, and that they way. kind of use that language. Now we use the CSB for everything mm-hmm. at church, mm-hmm. and it's it still talks about those who are outside. Yeah. So it's it's this this kind of this bifurcation between you've got mm-hmm. people that are in and people that are out, mm-hmm. and that messes with people. It does because we don't. <laughs> it it does, yeah. but that's where like I mean, but you you see that, and Jesus, you know, the fact that Jesus tells his disciples, "Yep, basically, I'm using parables so that people don't understand." Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> why is why is he doing that? But it's. Yeah, it, and that'll that'll kind of mess with some of your theology. So that they may oh. indeed look and yet not perceive. <laughs> yep. They may indeed listen and yet not understand. Which otherwise is, they might turn back and be forgiven. Which is a prophecy. I believe that was from Isaiah, mm-hmm. right? So Isaiah made that statement, 
And Jesus said, this is why I teach in parables. And, and it's it's to fulfill the prophecy. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing to, to recognize is I don't think, and you can you can pitch in if you've got a different thought on this. I don't think it's a matter of Jesus is like, all right, I'm going to teach this way because I don't want them to understand. It's just confirming something that's already there. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you look who Isaiah is talking to. He's talking to the nation of Israel mm-hmm. who consistently rejected the yes. counsel of God. Mm-hmm. And and they, they paid the price for that. Yeah. And at the time of Jesus, you have Jesus show up as the the incarnate God, the, the physical embodiment of everything that God had been promising his people and particularly the religious people rejected it. Yeah. So they're like they continue to <laughs> reject the counsel and wisdom of God. So yeah, it's it it's it's something that was already there. I don't know. I I have a theory about this that you know we know that initially God's chosen well and remains God's chosen people are Israel. Um, some people would say that we replace Israel. The church replaces uh, replacement yeah. theology. I literally read it in a in a book that was given to me at the SBC. No, that, I mean that's surprising. That's actually that's actually it's fairly widespread. Very widespread. I don't I don't subscribe to that. I don't either. I don't ascribe to that at all. But what I do think is that in Romans talks about this grafting process, and and Paul says to the Romans that that the natural or the native branch was broken off mm. so that this wild branch, the Gentiles, could mm-hmm. be grafted in among them. So I kind of wonder in this phrase out of Isaiah, if this isn't a prophetic word of of saying that God is allowing the constitution of his chosen people's hearts, he's honoring that choice so that there would be a future for others. Which Paul, I mean, you you do see that, you know, earlier in Romans, uh, Paul talks about this idea that basically like people persist in desiring the things against God. And and there Mm -hmm. comes a point where he says, okay. Yeah. Have have what you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he gives them over to, I believe is the is And the, the question then is were they ever chosen or or are they chosen and and there's Well, I, th- I think I think you see that it's this it's this this combination, right? Where and in this kind of ties into your point. People harden their hearts mm-hmm. towards God. And you see this actually go back to the Exodus with Pharaoh, Pharaoh that's right? right. The, the language changes, right? In the first, after the first several uh, times where God does these signs, I'm not going to say it because everyone makes fun of the way that I say the word, uh, you know, but he does these miraculous things. Yes. And, and it says the Pharaoh hardened his heart. Mm-hmm. Now, around the midway point, you mm-hmm. see the language in scripture shift. And it, now it says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Yeah. God knows everything. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that will happen the end right pharaoh yeah. rejects the signs and wonders of god and it reaches a point where now we see god kind of continue in that theme mm-hmm. and he hardens pharaoh's heart he knows mm-hmm. hey given any chance pharaoh's not gonna mm-hmm. he's not gonna change his mind right so now to accomplish his purposes mm-hmm. he just builds on what was already there Mm-hmm. which gets to your point like man israel like repeatedly rejects god mm-hmm. and now to ultimately fulfill his promise and his purposes through abraham mm-hmm. you're going to be a blessing to all nations right there's a hardening of the hearts uh, a veil so to speak yeah. 
and we know that not, not it didn't affect everybody. All of the all of the original disciples were were Jews. Absolutely, these, these were the chosen people. Yes. Paul, Jewish. Yeah. Jesus was Jewish, right? Like, yeah. I mean, your your early church wouldn't have happened without mm -hmm. uh, the Jewish people. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. but they were a a, a small remnant. You know, yeah, so to speak. I, I, Paul even talks about in Corinthians. I'm not sure where it is, but it talks about God has vessels of honor mm -hmm. and vessels of dishonor. Mm -hmm. So you, you kind of wonder. Even Judas, you know, the story of Judas. Uh, God did, did God allow this? The, and you you mentioned this from stage yesterday. You know, talking about Calvinism versus Arminianism, and there really is uh, a lot of conversation in the parable of the sores in those camps. You know, to consider that, you know, like what, what, uh, why does the gospel have a double meaning? Why is it life to some and death to others? Why are there insiders and outsiders? Why are some veiled? Why does some have spiritual blindness? And it, I think that this is where the fear of the Lord begins mm. to think about, you know, I'm going to walk with God as best I can my whole life and experience his grace and his mercy, uh, and, and his staying power for my life, um, but also knowing that at any point I can choose to walk away from him. You know, I always, I think about this, like when it comes to God's sovereignty, I think I've said this before. I, I imagine God's hand, this giant hand in, in the universe, right? This giant hand, the galaxy and all that we have is, is sitting in, in the hand of God. And he selects and chooses and he places uh, sovereignly in his hand, right? Uh, no one and nothing could, can, fly into the the palm of god's hand and scoop you or i out of his hand it is impossible should they try this they'd be vaporized i don't know um but at any point we can walk to the edge of that hand and we can leap off mm. and we could choose to walk away from god without free will we don't have love we don't have autonomy we don't have um we don't have a real relationships we're just automatons you know just just kind of oh. puppets um which i think is a, a recent book by i think it's tony evans where he describes God as a, the uh, the puppet master, he uses that language. Well, I mean, which, I mean Tony Evans, I mean, he is in more of a reformed, reformed. you know, yes. theological camp. Yes. Which here's the thing, right? We ran and God is sovereign. God is sovereign, <laughs> and He does His will will happen. <laughs> and what's that? How how does that work? The sovereignty of God and our free will. I don't know. I don't either. I don't know. Uh, I don't either. I, I think that's where there's there's a lot of tension. But people, you know, we saw this, and I've probably referenced this on the podcast before. Man, like, because in the Institute, we we teach about you know, at least a kind of a, a an intro to, you know, Calvinist theology. Mm -hmm. Because that's out there. Mm -hmm. And people have this, like, visceral response against it. Mm-hmm. Like, or the no, other way. No, well, yeah. in, in our, the Baptist like, bros are serious about in, Calvinism. In our, like, in the Institute, it was like a visceral response <laughs> against. And I'm like, guys, like, this is it. Yeah. This isn't some guy sitting in a closet somewhere like, huh, what could I come up with? No, it's in like, the Bible. It's like, you, you can't escape That's right. uh, the ideas. That's right. Like, read Romans. That's right. And, and you figure out what the heck the elect are mm -hmm. and i love you remember an exponential uh oh i think i think you were there or was that the year that it was just ryan and i but anyway joby martin okay remember him oh yeah no i remember and he the comes guy from out Texas. and he's reading out he's reading out of romans and, and he's, he's kind of a big burly dude he's like he's like oh yeah those that were predestined and he says he's like wait 
I know some of y'all are freaking out. He says, don't worry. That word predestined, that just means that they were predestined. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't get yeah. away from that. So no. you've got to at least uh, dig in to try to figure out <laughs> what the world uh, you're going to do with all of the passages that yeah. allude to the sovereignty of God. And what you and I would probably say, Josh, is, you know, if you want to know if you're chosen or not, pick God. <laughs> and right. in, when you pick him, this means you were chosen. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and your mind is like, oh, okay. <laughs> but back to this parable, no, the parable of the sower. One of the one of the the parts of the scripture that really stood out to me, Josh, mm-hmm. I'd love for you to kind of maybe share more on this if you can verse five other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil and it grew up quickly since the soil wasn't deep what do you think jesus is meaning by the soil not being deep well and now i I should have brought my butt can i grab your yeah that's a message there okay (laughs) the other one on the bottom is a csb okay yeah you got a csb there but uh yeah, I, I was curious because about when, that. When you look at his interpretation, right, right, these are the people that they don't last, they don't endure, right, right, because of. And I'm not a I'm not a gardener, I'm not a farmer, right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, how does a tree withstand a windstorm? Mm-hmm. Its root system. Yeah, right? I mean, and those roots have to go pretty deep and wide. Well, the. The interesting thing about trees, what you see above ground is what is below. Yes, it's it's the it's the mirror yeah. image. I remember as a kid, they, yeah. they said, "Oh, as wide as the branches are, yes. that's how wide the roots are." And there are plants that are worse that are like rhizomal, which is horrible. But we when we bought our farm, we had a uh, we had a field uh, that we wanted to convert to an orchard and a garden, which we did. But it was an alfalfa field. Hmm. The alfalfa plant, the tap root, the plant only, it doesn't get very tall, but the tap root goes 10 feet. Holy way. cow. You could pull this. It's pain. Oh, it was really, really pain. But anyway, the soil wasn't deep. What What do you think of that, Josh? What What, what could you say? Well, when we go to, again, let's bounce. Verse five. Four verse five is where I was. Well, so go to go okay. to 16. Yep. Others are like seeds sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy. But they have no root. They are short-lived. When distress or persecution comes because of the word, they immediately fall away. Mm-hmm. So, again, in in real life, you know, like mm-hmm. planting, mm-hmm. right? If I've only got two inches of soil mm-hmm. and I've got something that requires a foot of depth to grow a good root system it cannot grow. It, it can't grow mm-hmm. right now is this a is this a heart condition is this a yeah could be could yeah. be it could be this is a, a maturity issue mm-hmm. you know they haven't they haven't actually taken time to cultivate the soil mm-hmm. persecution hits i mean and and the sad thing is right we, we've seen this with people mm-hmm. right i mean i'm sure you could list i could listen mm-hmm. like people to where it's like you see this excitement and this joy when they Mm -hmm. when they come to christ yeah and then something hits the fan yeah and it's like what happened i thought of i i thought of people josh um and it did it was was sort of a grieving thing um i don't know if that at all addressed your question it it does And, and i think what's interesting is it it goes right into the the uh, six uh, characteristics that you identified as 
good soil. And I'm going to go ahead and say this. Good soil is deep soil, mm -hmm. right? Good soil is deep soil. So the first thing that you said was that uh, good soil is tilled up. So if you have that little one inch, two inch fluffy uh, amount of soil, that's really good for growing. The only way to get it, the compaction that's deep and get the rock out is tilling. Mm -hmm. And I love what you did when you, I've used a rototiller. Have you, <laughs> yeah. your family? Oh yeah. <laughs> listeners, <laughs> viewers, business. it's hard work. <laughs> tilling is hard work, you know? Um, and you can imagine, you know, if you're, if, if your heart was was hard and you, you're taking this motor driven blade chopping thing <laughs> you know josh to become good soil to become deep soil there is some struggle and there's there some pain and, and that's where i think again you the go to that you go to that rocky soil it's not very deep can't grow a root yeah now maybe some of it is they didn't want to endure the tilling process mm-hmm because it, it says persecution comes along. Mm -hmm. Go to the passage we read in James. That's actually where depth is created. Mm, through endurance. That's part of the tilling mm -hmm. is the trial. But we've we've probably both got a list of people mm -hmm. to where they come to a point in their faith and Holy Spirit says, this is what I'm going to have to do to get you deeper the blades chopping the blades chopping mm -hmm. and they say mm, yeah this isn't what i signed up for <laughs> and that's where the fear of the lord really comes in because i ask myself okay yeah i can see that easily in others but i'm like lord jesus please where where not if where that hardness oh. is in my own heart where i'm resisting persecution where i'm resisting trial or i'm not considering it all joy where i'm not receiving it as something that will 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 soften the constitution of my heart god help me yeah. but for the grace of god there go i yeah and that's where you know that that tilling it, it's not a it's not a once in a oh. lifetime process that is an ongoing <laughs> process but i mean you, you every year with a garden that's right every year you till it you're, you're tilling it yeah it doesn't matter how good your garden yeah. was last year. Yeah. You've got to till it this year. Yep. If, and if why you do you have to till the soil every year? Because it settles. It compacts. And it gets, it the gets elements, solid. The <laughs> elements of the world, when it rains, that that the, this is an element, an external force from the world rains, it causes compaction. When you and I or our kids walk out in the garden, we're picking whatever, we're packing it down with our feet. Uh, yeah. Yeah, tilling. I, that was that was a tough first uh, characteristic of good soil. The other thing you said, Josh, is that uh, in order to be good soil, we'll say deep soil, you have to be receptive. And you said receiving the word is taking ownership. You said it's it's mm -hmm. doing the word. So receiving is really only half of 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 the qualitative. Well, so it's I I relate it to and, and this word so that was application. By this way. word isn't in the text, mm -hmm. but but if you look at at the Hebrew language, right? Go to the Shema, mm -hmm. right? There's the kind of the the daily hero Israel, you know, yeah, prayer. Hear, O Israel, Shema, mm -hmm. is that word here? But that isn't just the physical, oop, this mm -hmm. auditory, auditory sensation registered mm -hmm. with my ear and it went to my brain. Right. It, it also carries the uh, mm -hmm. the idea of obedience. Right. 
you hear and you obey. Like that's all wrapped up into that one word. It's the same thing here. And English is broken because we don't have that kind of right. depth in our language. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't we don't have as many layers, uh, so to right. speak. So yeah, when we when we receive it, there is there's the the actual hearing, but then it's the actually doing what it says. That's yeah. <laughs> that's being receptive. And when you said when you said that uh, in receiving the word is taking ownership, my my thinking was you know when you hear the word, you're taking ownership of what that is. You're also admitting that it's true. You're also yes. saying. God, I don't, I don't even necessarily fully understand this, but I believe that this has come from you. I'm receiving it as what it says. Man, I think we need more of that. I what, think most of it is we become resistant. But And, and it ties into your, the theme that you've brought up a couple of times now, too, the fear of the God. I mm-hmm. might not fully understand this, mm-hmm. but if this is what God said, I'm going to proceed mm-hmm. as though this is the way that it's supposed to be done. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a struggle point. Which again it ties is. into what we talked about last last week with the authority, mm-hmm. right? But but whose authority are we ultimately submitting to? You know, we like things, and I I'm this is me. I like things to make sense. Mm-hmm. I want to see the whole picture, understand it. Uh, God doesn't always grant us that. <laughs> me too. So he says, yeah. uh, "I'm going to show you this much. Are you going to trust me with this much of the picture?" Mm-hmm. And then we have a choice: we can trust him with that much of the picture, mm-hmm. or we can dig our heels in go our own way yeah yeah well the third characteristic of good soil or deep soil josh you said it's it's also uh it endures so there's an endurance and and that's i think when you took us to james uh to talk more about what 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 how do we perceive trials man that really struck home to, to me because i was thinking of some various things particularly in my work um, in in the media world, some struggles that I've been having lately with with certain things, and kind of that helped me to to, to re reorient myself and say, okay, Lord, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to endure this thing that I'm facing because I know it's going to yield something better in my life. You know, we'll be a better company. We'll we'll have a better product. Well, whatever it is, there's a reason. What, t- talk well, more about endurance. Well, Josh. and I and I think this is particularly challenging in our culture. Mm-hmm. Like we live in a culture that that glorifies comfort. Mm-hmm. Like everything is, you know, this isn't <laughs> we've got doctors, nurses, whatever listening. I'm not trying to pick on you. Mm-hmm. Like how I would be curious, what percentage of our pharmaceutical uh, usage is for true medical need versus comfort. Sure. Well, I don't. I don't like this sensation. There's mm-hmm. a pill for that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. like this sensation. Oh, there's a pill for that. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's it's all about comfort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm actually I'm listening to an audio book. Can't think of the authors right now, but it's called The Coddling of Oh the American Mind. Yeah, by uh, hype and uh, (laughs) I can't remember the other author, but I mean, just this, this, the way that our culture has, that's a case study. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, it's all, it's all all based on like uh, students on college campuses proving that we are soft, basically like the sissifying Uh, of of the American culture with uh, participation Uh, trophies. Yeah. So, so that's the culture that we live in. I think our 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 bar for what is considered hardship 
isn't even off the ground. <laughs> right. I mean, when I you, so I know. So when we talk about endurance, we have to, we have to really wrestle with this because the things that we think are a struggle or a hardship is pretty lame. I don't, and, and, and that's, there are some people I, you've got legitimate struggles. Oh, I'm not trying to, absolutely. I'm not trying to minimize that. But most of us don't. But most of us don't. Yeah. And the things like we look at what to us is a bad day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I don't know. I think we're pretty. <laughs> Josh, I, I don't. I don't want to be like that yeah. jerk bag here on the on the podcast. No, no, no. But like, I'm gonna. I want to confess. <laughs> like, I'm gonna confess in, along this li- line of endurance because this is what the Lord's been showing me the last couple of weeks. Uh, so, God has blessed my wife and I tremendously, uh, and we have short term rentals. So they're like Airbnbs. Uh, one of these rentals, we've we've got a family in that has been in there for. They're going to be in there for like a whole month. They built oh. a house, and the builder is. They're going to have to sue the builder. It's terrible. Awful, right? So they're at one house, uh, and there's this smell in the house. And I go over, and I'm like, yeah, there's something's not good. Come to find out uh, there is a mouse that has fallen into this sump pump pit, you know, where oh, you're softening and all. Yeah. And it's just like, whatever, decomposing. So I'm complaining about going over and dealing with that. A couple days later, the hot water heater goes out very expensive repair right so we have to replace the entire hot water heater we can't wait because there's people there mm-hmm. got to get a person coming in and i found myself complaining and i i found myself not wanting to endure i started having these thoughts like oh we just you know we just need to get rid of this property or whatever just stupid stuff <laughs> stupid just totally <laughs> and and what was amazing for for me to endure this these little blips or whatever gratefulness and thankfulness was the antidote for that weak weak constitution it was to come back and say this is nothing this is a joy and a blessing god has blessed our family that we even have this property that's bringing revenue to our household this is a blessing who cares about the the hot water god will provide he provided the property He's certainly going to provide for the, the hot water heater you know but gratefulness was a way for me to switch and actually in, come to a place of endurance, well, thankfulness. And, and I think James gives us the key, mm. right? I mean, because sometimes we, <laughs> we, we read scripture and we're like, well, well, that'd be great. You know, Paul, when he says, don't be anxious about anything. And you're like, oh, psh, 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 psh. <laughs> sure, Paul. But then he tells us, how to not be anxious mm-hmm. about anything. Mm-hmm. He says, with everything, with prayer and petition, give thanks to God. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's the same thing. He tells us, you know, James, he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers. And then he tells us why, which I think gives us the fuel for the joy. Mm-hmm. He says, because the testing of our faith develops perseverance. Mm-hmm. And perseverance. And that, and that leads to Character. this mature faith. Yeah. yeah. So when we face trials of many kinds as mm-hmm. if we focus on the fact that this is an opportunity to grow in our faith mm-hmm. we can find joy in that yeah so it's it's kind of reframing and i don't say that because i've got it all figured out because again i'm man i can be a 
a total goober when it kind of <laughs> like really I have to put up with this and yeah. meanwhile like there are people being imprisoned for their faith you know like <laughs> in, in the same book uh, I think it's James and and this has been something that has been helpful for me physical discipline mm. has a way of dealing with weakness yes physical disciplines um, particularly strenuous exercise has a way of taming that spirit of ungratefulness. Um, th there, there is something to that, and I want to end the podcast with some questions along these lines. But yeah. at any rate, uh, well, I, I would, I would just tag onto that, like fasting as well. Yes, fasting is a, is a physical discipline mm -hmm. that you. I mean, I mean, one of the benefits is you get done. And you're like, oh, actually, you know what? I don't. <laughs> yeah, I I went without a handful of meals. Guess yep. what? I survived. And had a connection <laughs> with God. And I had a connection with God. Mm -hmm. so. well, I don't want to rip through these too fast, but uh, the fourth characteristic of good or deep soil that you brought was uh, good soil, deep soil resists the world, mm -hmm. resists the world. Um, talk more about that. What, what does that mean to resist the world? Well, go back into your, you know, because you talked about, you know, the rain and all these things, the outside influence that that mm -hmm. compacts the soil. Uh, I mean, the world is like that, mm -hmm. right? When when Scripture talks about the world, it's talking about this this cultural norm that mm -hmm. that glorifies the things that are not of God. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go back to our Unseen Realm series, you've got you know the lies that the devil tells that feed into our our sinful desires, which is the flesh, mm -hmm. uh, and they're basically made normal by the world, the culture around us. Mm -hmm. uh, so you you have the world being the sum total of all non-believers mm -hmm. and kind of the things that they glorify and make normal. Is that is well, that a, and I, okay I think that the thing we can't ignore when we look at that as being a characteristic of good and deep soil is that's a choice. Yes. That is your yes. responsibility. God can't just stop you from watching Game of Thrones. We made right. fun of this show a few times. God can't just magically stop you from drinking too much. Right. He can extend the grace and mercy for you to choose it. So he even gives you the opportunity. I say this often, my own, my own testimony. Before I came to Christ, I did not have a choice in sin. Mm. I was in bondage. I was a slave to sin. When I was born again, all of a sudden, I had this freedom of choice to say, I'm no longer bound to this thing. I don't have to do this. And I never did, particularly uh, addiction to drugs. So... It, there is some responsibility in the constitution of the soil. Yes. Well, how deep it is. And that's, that's really where I want to get to. But uh, uh, point five, Josh, of the good and deep soil, it not only resists the world, but it resists the devil. And your meme was spot on. <laughs> Anybody can give you as much trouble as you want. So I, I will say I have to give credit. I, Fantastic. I, I heard about that meme from... Uh, a guy named Beckett Cook. Tell the listeners what I, the meme is. So I watched. That they... Yeah, so it's this meme, and it's it's Viewers. based around uh, the Screw Tape Letters, which is a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal book by C.S. Yeah, Lewis, deeply theological. And it's 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 Screw Tape, this uncle demon writing to Wormwood, his nephew, who's his apprentice demon, and, and he says, "Hey, forget everything else I wrote you." Which again, the, the entire book of Screw Tape Letters is letters from. It's a story of training like a senior demon, how to train a younger demon, how to mess with believers and even unbelievers. Like basically it's from the other side of the, of the battle. Yes. And it, yeah. again, phenomenal read. Fantastic insights. Yes. You'll read it and you'll be like, 
Oh yeah, yeah. I am kind of like that. This does yeah. work on me. This mm-hmm. does trip me up, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and, but then, uh, you know, in the meme, Screwtape says, "Hey, forget everything I wrote you before. Just get your patient, which is what they call the the human being that they're attacking. Uh, attacking. Uh, just get them to download TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> It'll do all the work for us. <laughs> yeah, or, or or have them watch any of the three letter network uh, news <laughs> news feeds, whatever your 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 flavor is. Yeah." Uh, I couldn't agree more. So resistance, both of these point five, uh, uh, point five and or four and five resistance. These are choice things. So yeah. you can listener viewer, you can affect the depth of your soil, what you're made of by the choices that you make. Ryan, particularly Josh, you, you probably have noticed this too. In the last several messages that he's been sharing, he's been talking about holiness Mm -hmm. and the need for the body of christ to live holy lives it's deeply ingrained in the wesleyan history but it's true right i mean like this is this if we're not different than the world what are we exactly like if we're not actually different from what the world does day in and day out who are we what are we yeah and i think you know when it comes to resisting the devil i think i think some of us uh one of we need uh something to give us kind of a, a wake up call Mm-hmm. with that or a recognition you know maybe you, you need to sit with holy spirit and ask whatever mm-hmm. we talked about this yesterday in the message but you know the devil works through lies right and if we if we choose to live into a lie that will affect the way that we live what we believe affects the way that we behave 100 percent. i mean i mean that's that's like there's a there's a mm-hmm. direct it's not a correlation it's it's a causation <laughs> mm-hmm. because i believe this i do this mm-hmm. Right. So if you're living based on a lie from the devil, Mm -hmm. like that will hinder your ability to be fruitful. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you're letting bugs into your soil, right? Yep. They're gnawing at the stems of your, yep. your plant there. Yep. Um, so we have to, sometimes we need somebody to come alongside of us to help us recognize the lies. And I'll say this from personal experience, right? You know, I referenced our freedom ministry and I know different people, like they've responded differently to that, you know, whatever. But for me, like going through, you know, a freedom session with, with, with freedom ministry, it was, it was the recognition that, oh man, for like decades, here's this lie that I've believed, but I don't like in and of myself, I just think, well, that's not, that's not the devil. That's just me. That's just my own mm-hmm. thoughts kind of yeah. turning. And then it's like, oh no, that's. Oh, that is that is the enemy. Mm. <laughs> Here's a lie that I've believed for decades. Wow. Uh, and then when you can recognize it, what's the truth? You know, uh, Comer mm-hmm. in um, Live No Lies, phenomenal. He talks about a monk and he has this mm-hmm. monastic handbook for battling demons, which sounds super mystical. It isn't. No. It, it, it's, it's looking at what lies does the enemy tell me? What's the truth and what is scripture that I can base that truth on? And what happens that's, when we do that? That's that's the thing, right? We we yep. we sense this lie, oh, you're mm-hmm. just you're just a failure. Yep. You're blah 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 blah. No, this is the truth. Yep. Like God has called me to blah 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 yep. and here's the scripture that I can stand on and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Yep. But it doesn't tell us how long you have to resist. That's right. Well, you just have goes, to keep going. And there's more of that endurance. Yes. <laughs> right there. The last uh, point you've already brought this up today, but uh, it bears repeating good soil, deep soil. Uh, it bears fruit when mm-hmm. the soil's healthy stuff grows. Yep. Right. Um, talk more about that, Josh. What, what I th- I feel like that's like the apex of, of really, discerning what's going on inside 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's the what's I mean, happening in your life because that's Jesus said in Matthew seven. We referenced this. You're going to know a tree by its fruit. Like you're going to know, <laughs> you're going to know. Man, am I good soil? Mm-hmm. Uh, by whether or not there's fruit, mm-hmm. because none of the other ones produced fruit. Mm-hmm. Again, the ones that got choked out by thorns, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness right. of wealth, they got choked. There wasn't any fruit. Right. The ones that got snatched away right away by the devil, like no fruit. Mm-hmm. The ones that took no root, there's no fruit. Right. Like fruit is the defining characteristic that tells us this is good soil. It is, but what's interesting is in verse 20 of chapter 4, uh, and those seeds sown on good ground, that's what we've been describing with these six characteristics, they hear the word, they welcome it, and produce fruit. Now notice this difference. Some 30, some 60, and 100 times. So I think part of the struggle we get in, we, we look at soil, is that comparison. Like, okay, man, I, I wish I could be doing what this person's doing, or I wish I could have the impact that this person, well, maybe in this season, God has you bearing 30 yeah. and they're bearing a hundred, whatever God's sovereign. He picks and he chooses. Um, so I want to, I want to go back through these six things one more time. Then I have a final question for you, Josh. Come. Good and deep soil is tilled up. Mm-hmm. It's receptive and it does the word of God, right? It endures trials knowing, I would say, the end of them. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. It makes a choice to resist the world, and it makes a choice to resist the devil. And ultimately, at the end, because of those first five things, it bears fruit. Okay. So, listeners and viewers, Josh, they if they didn't get the application that you were hoping for yesterday in the message. I came away from your message with this question, and I think our viewers and listeners will as well. How do we cultivate our soil? How do we get these six things? What do we do? Um, I'll, I'll risk sounding like a broken record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the disciplines. It is. It's the disciplines. It is. Right? When, if you go back to the Moore series, right? We said we talk about mm-hmm. this. You know, the disciplines are the the greenhouse in which the garden of transformation grows. You know, that, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. You know, Ryan. It's had the that. tiller. Yes. Yes. <laughs> It's the rototiller. <laughs> they are the rototiller. Right. You want to create space for Holy Spirit? I yeah, mean, yeah. are you spending time in silence and solitude mm-hmm. where Holy Spirit can actually highlight the things in you mm-hmm. that need to be highlighted? Yeah. Are you spending that time in, in, mm-hmm. you know, with the discipline of prayer, mm-hmm. actually inviting him in? Yeah. Hey, if there's anything in me, Lord, <laughs> and, and you, there usually is. Oh, right? yeah. Lord, whatever is in me that yeah. doesn't align with your ways, uh, show me what it is, Lord, and yeah. help me move on to onto your path you mentioned physical disciplines you know mm-hmm. fasting uh i think that's a that's a really good uh really good thing here uh the discipline of confession mm. yeah as as these things are highlighted these things where i've let the world influence me more than the word right uh these areas where i'm i'm grabbing a hold of the lie of satan because quite frankly uh it appeals to my flesh mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know like i I think I'll be all right with this. Like, yeah. I think the discipline of confession yeah. comes in to help break some of those things down yeah. and uh, put some weed killer uh, out there and <laughs> yeah. get, get your spiritual roundup yeah. going on. Uh, but, I, I think like with the lies of the enemy you talked about just now and, and earlier as well, how can we know lies if we don't know truth? Yes. So particularly one of the greatest practices is spending time in the word of God. You know, and we, we've referenced this study multiple, multiple times, all of us on staff dozens of times, you know, if you spend time in the word of God four or more times per week, your life will begin to change. 
but but have you and maybe you're like stop referencing that my question to you is have you received it have yeah. you paradigmated it yeah have you actually said Welcomed you know what it. you're right I'm going to spend at least four days a week in scripture. <laughs> and the interesting thing about spiritual disciplines and practices is I think we we first kind of go into them thinking we're going to feel that hair on the neck stand up, the experience oh. of, of what it means to sense God's presence. And there are times in that, mm-hmm. but that's not always what disciplines are. Disciplines are something that are done over a lifetime. You know, so ultimately, I know for me, the answer that I came up with, Josh, when I was asking myself that question, how do we cultivate our soil? It is a rule of life Mm. and a rule of life, uh, friends, is this practice where we begin to define what is and what isn't true about how we live. Right. If you believe a lie from the enemy, you're going to live that lie out. Right. So if you make a rule of life saying this is who I am, it's not what I even do. It's who I am. This is, this is what I eat. This is how I exercise. This is when I get up at this time. This is what's important to me. We do what we want. We are creatures of autonomy and we, our will is strong and, and people say, I don't have time for this. You, you have it. You have it. I could, I could prove it to you. You definitely do. You track your time. You'll, you'll find out. And, it, and if you're one of those, I'm going to yell at you, right? If you're, if you're one of those people that say you don't have time and you've, if, and you're a decent human being who has like an Apple device, <laughs> right? go to, go to screen time. Oh boy. And let's, let's just see how much time that you, oh, uh, that you actually have. That just, hurts. Josh. It does. I, I mean, and there are, it really is a, a, a helpful tool. I'm, and maybe Android, maybe you guys have this uh, I'm similar sure thing, yeah. but like, but for me, like that was something where I had, I had a, a, a a period of time where kind of out of the blue, I was like, man, I'm going to look up, see if there's any of this type of game or whatever on. I've never, I've never done games on my phone, but I was like, I'm just going to see, is there anything out there for this? Sure enough. Here's this game. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, Oh, like I'm all into it. But at at the time I'm in a D group and, and I brought it up to him a little, little element of confession. And I said, guys, man, I found, like I've gotten really distracted by this game. I said, I want you guys over the next couple of weeks, like I want you guys to I I will I'll open my phone for you. You look at my screen time. Yeah, yeah. If my screen time is more than whatever yeah, yeah. you know, on average, yeah. like I will in front of you guys I will delete this game. Like just mm-hmm. for that accountability and yeah. and it I had to. Wow. Even with that accountability, like I was, it worked. I just got, I went down that rabbit hole sure. and I like, ah, oh, yeah, man, my screen time has been this. I got, I've got to cut that. And I know that it's that because mm-hmm. Apple shows you what it is yep. that you actually spend your time on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been a part of a cohort for almost a year now where we've been tracking what foods we put into our bodies, how much time we spend in the word, particular spiritual disciplines and practices. But the, one of the biggest things is TV and social media. Mm. So we're tracking that, how many minutes, and we're, we're graphing it over a year to see, you know, and, and we're not even tracking that as a condemnation thing. It's, it's an awareness to mm-hmm. say, oh, man, I can look back at this month and I, uh, I spent X time on social media. Why was that? What is the reason inside of me that rather than turning to my creator for the fulfillment that I'm actually really wanting, I'm turning to social media to, to, to get that satisfaction. Yeah. There's reasons for that. They're deep inside and you can find them allow the Holy spirit to till up the soil of your heart. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it, and it, and it gives you like a reality check of, 
you know, hey, I just said I don't have any time to like dig into scripture. Mm-hmm. No, but yeah. my phone is telling me that I'm spending an hour a day playing Fruit Ninja. Like, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And most of us are not spending an hour with the Lord every day, let no. alone. Yeah. No. Yeah. So it, it is. We do what we want. And so ultimately, I think it's a Mark 7 thing out of the heart come all these things so the real the real beginning work with a rule of life and and with god is to say to him all of these things are inside of me and so god i need you to change my heart i want to do these things mm-hmm. i want to do mm-hmm. these things that's the reality the truth it's not like oh lord i slipped up again da, da, da. no the truth is i want those things the flesh and the, the 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 inside man desires those things and so the real prayer is to say god i'm sorry one two would you begin to change my heart would you begin and this is this goes into prayer it's why we can pray in the name of jesus if we pray in his will he answers mm-hmm. things start happening mm-hmm. um so we want that transformation that tilling to take place so i think we gave some application today there we go that's yeah. That's why we do the podcast. It we is. Want to, want to dig in and, and go a little bit deeper. So, Josh, anything else that you didn't get to say on on Mark four one through twenty, the parable of the sword that you you wished you could have said? Uh no. You know, I mean, I think I I think I put out there what good. I felt like Holy Spirit put on my heart. So good. Yeah, and I think I think I'm I'm glad we we brought in the disciplines again because yes. again maybe you guys are tired of hearing about it, but we're mm-hmm. not tired of talking about it. So. Mm-mm. And we're the ones with the microphone. So, <laughs> well, and the disciplines and the practices are changing our lives. Yes, you know they're yes. making us uh, closer to Jesus than ever before by by doing the things that Jesus did. Right. Doing we're the not, things that Jesus. We're did. not calling you to do anything that we're not willing to do ourselves. No, and again, it, it's something no. where we've seen fruit mm-hmm. right, come from these. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we just want mm-hmm. to encourage you uh, in these as well. But and pick up Celebration of Disciplines by Richard Foster if you're interested in kind of a preliminary. Um, look at all of the disciplines. That's a great book. I yeah, think he, he does start. a pretty pretty broad coverage yeah. of, of disciplines in there. So. There's a chance that there could be an offshoot podcast from Radiant Reflections where we read a book chapter by chapter and discuss that book. And there's a chance that Celebration of Disciplines could be the first book. We don't, we don't I, talk about I, Dude, I'm still... Would you say the, the Tyler the, fur, the further I get into the divine commodity. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's good. It is good. It's good. I'm I'm gonna get that's our book of the month. I'm trying to discipline myself and, and not buy more books until I've read some more books. You're a better person <laughs> but, than me. But I'm I not, have such a heaping <laughs> pile that I haven't read. Oh, that's why I'm trying to be disciplined with it. Um but he Sky uh Jathani, he wrote it's it's more recent and it's about the church, so I wanna get that one. But yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see. Good. Uh probably in the fall. I think yeah we'll, yeah we'll do we'll that see what happens through. in the fall because there's I mean we're the church is growing our responsibilities are growing so we'll see what capacity we have yes uh, because limitations are a blessing from God yes they keep us they so are. we'll see if we if we if God gives us time to do such a thing we have de- desire to do it I have a dream to do that because I love reading love talking about books. Uh, but anyway, and it's fun to podcast. It so. is. Yeah. And this has been episode 35 of Radiant yes. Reflections. Thanks guys for continuing to join us every week, listening and viewing. We don't want to 
uh, miss this, please remember to share this podcast. Remember to like the podcast on the po- uh, platform you're consuming it. If the platform allows you to do a review, we would love to have a five-star review on that platform because helps that- the algorithm. Yeah, helps helps feed the algorithm monster and it helps us grow and it helps other people be exposed to hopefully the good uh, that can be gleaned from our ramblings. Uh, so yeah. Rock and roll. Well, hey, we'll see you guys next- Well. Yes. I'll actually be gone next Monday. Should I grab another guest? You should grab a guest. Okay, we'll see. That'll be that'll be good. We'll we'll see. We'll see who we can grab. Um, yeah, I've got a couple ideas. Okay. But maybe you've got a couple of ideas. Okay. So we'll see. We'll cool. we'll see. I I do have an idea. All right. All right. God bless you guys. We'll <laughs> talk later. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.